Welcome to The Catch. A place where people can share their stories of how they were caught to be set free. Where each story points to the big story. The message of the cross. Hey everybody, welcome to The Catch. My name is Cheryl. And my name is Ryan. And today, all the way from LA, California, we have Jesse Ramirez. How you doing, man? What's up, everybody? Hi, Ryan. Hi, Cheryl. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. It's so good to see you. I remember last time that we actually saw each other in person, we were at my father's place a long time ago. <laughs> long time ago, you man. With your wife, Genesis. That's right. It was good pizza over there. I know. I'm sure you miss it, but not in LA. You've got all those opportunities to go and eat all sorts of things. Yeah, but... man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my... but, I can't, but we can't eat with Ryan and Cheryl. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Y'all have to move back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely make your make your way back to the south for at least a little bit, if yeah. not if, longer. <laughs> if we ever do move, Genesis really wants to move back. And if we ever do, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to your neighbor and say, "Sell me your house." <laughs> <laughs> we can be neighbors. Yeah, we can make something happen, man. I can make a couple phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jesse, the purpose of our podcast is to kind of get the backstory of your life, um, where you grew up, um, how did you grow up, were you always a Jesus follower? If you could just tell us a little bit more about that. So I was born in, in Los Angeles area. Uh, we lived in Compton. From there, we moved to Moreno Valley, California, came into Orange, California, uh, Orange County, California. And um, and during this whole time, no, nah, I, I, I wasn't a Christian. Uh, the reason we moved around so much is because uh, my parents split and uh, my dad took off. Uh, the only thing I remember, I don't even remember him leaving. I just remember uh, not seeing him for a while. And a couple of days later, somebody was knocking at our door at our house and uh, our house was just being foreclosed on. And I think they gave us like a certain amount of time. And I just remember just leaving everything behind in that house. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mom took our stuff, took just some clothes and stuff. And we jumped around. I think I, I think I went to like five different middle schools in that time uh, and just really uh, just really unstable. Uh, but, you know, the thing the thing about sports is like I'm not like your usual sports fan that just keeps up with stats and this and teams and stuff. Yeah, I'm proud of my teams or whatever. But the thing about sports is that like no matter what I went through in my childhood, some kind of ball always was what like lifted my spirits up. That was my way of making friends, uh, watching the ball game. Uh, just everything it was just what kept my spirits up before I even knew Christ. Um, and then, like my mom, you know, she was very heartbroken and went through a lot. And then that, that's when she came to know Jesus. And I think I was, I think my freshman or sophomore year in high school, uh, she came to know Jesus. And uh, she had just become a nurse. Uh, we had just kind of gained some stability, uh, put some roots down in Orange County, Tustin, California. And um, I didn't know what was going on in her. To me, I was just like, hey, you know, by then I was on, uh, playing ball in high school. And I was like, hey, just get me to practice. Uh, so she, she was doing stuff and she was like all in. She was doing uh, a missionary work. She was working her butt off as a nurse, working holidays, like uh, everything to be able to just kind of go do for others what uh, Christ was doing in her uh, in the medical fields. Um, I blamed her for that for a long time because uh, there was nobody ever at, at any of my games. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, when I needed money, uh, it's not like that. It's not that we were poor or nothing. I mean, compared to like most of the world, I mean, we were fine. It's just there was no time in there for me. So my mom 
didn't have any idea what was going on in my life. She was working all the time. And uh, I, I remember I needed like uh, team shoes and for the uniform and stuff, because I played basketball and tennis in high school. And, uh, and I just remember like, I didn't know how to get this money. And, and I would go around my neighborhood and there was people that was kind enough to like, let me wash her car, walk their dog. Some lady just paid me five bucks to take her trash out every week, every week. You know, I think she just saw some little, some young kid trying to make some money. And uh, I would just make my money and, and I would pay for my team shoes and, and uniform. And, but you know what? Sports, the sports kept my spirits up, the friends I made in there and everything. And then when I graduated high school, um, that was the first time I, I started drinking alcohol. I just met the wrong crowd, started partying. And it's not that maybe it was the wrong crowd. I mean, there was good people, whatever it's like, but it's just, it's just, I was a very good and innocent kid. And that just, you know, like if God had any plan for me, it definitely wasn't to like go party and drink and, and do stuff that just isn't, you know, doesn't glorify him. And I just remember I was, I started going out so much that by the time I reached 21, uh, uh, in fact, right before I turned 21, there was a guy that asked me, he's like, Hey Jesse, man, you're such a good kid. He's like, uh, you know, what do you plan to do with your life? You know, don't throw it away. And I kind of shrugged him off, but that question had bothered me so much that, uh, and it ate me up. I could, it was nice. I couldn't sleep. I was driving. I'm thinking about that. Like, what do I want to do? I had no idea. You know, it's like, as much as I love sports, obviously a five foot seven, 165 pound body isn't going to get me into professional sports. Uh, at least sports that I liked, you know? And, um, and it just ate me up, and all I could think of is, I'm tired of coming home to an empty house. And uh, and I would come home to an empty house all the time. And I was raised by eight, seven, eight different families, and God always, always protected me because I was always around the right people. Nobody to take advantage of me, and just, and it just, it just makes me think about how like in footprints you know in the poem it says you know god in all these tough times how come i only see one set of footprints why would you leave me hanging and it's when god replies it's in those times that i carried you my son mm. and so and it's crazy because i wasn't a i wasn't a christian during these times and and, but God had everything planned out for me. And I just remember getting to this, we're going out to this club in Huntington beach and, uh, and all my friends went up and I just didn't want to go. And I just sat there and I thought like, there's gotta be something more. And, uh, I just walked out, you know, and I, and I was a driver cause I didn't drink. And I just sat out there while they partied and I thought, and I thought, and I just, you know, going back to that story, that question that I was asked, I, I just remember thinking, I don't know what job I want to do in life. I don't know what job I may have. I just, I just want to be a, a good dad. You know, I want to be, I want to be a dad. I want to be a husband. I want to have a family and I want to be good at that. And so, like I said, I, I, when I got out of that club, well, when I drove my friends home, I just remember I, I wasn't sleeping much. And I just remember thinking, you know what? I need to get, I need to get out of here. And uh, at the time, my mom and her husband had moved to uh, uh, Georgia, Warner Robins. They had been living there for like two years. So I went to go visit them. And uh, my plan was to join the Coast Guard then. And uh, and I just I just got involved. I, you know, I don't want 
over talk, but basically I just, I just started getting involved and, you know, like I said, God always had me around the right crowd and, um, and, you know, in Warner Robins is a church everywhere. So eventually <laughs> there's, I started going to church, you know, Oh, they, you need to be saved. You need to be saved. And I was like, relax. Like I'm, I'm a Christian. Okay. I'm a Christian, you know, but the thing inside of me was I'm a Christian because that's all I've ever known. of. So when I came to Warner Robins, uh, you know, I started learning about Jesus. I started learning about what he did. That's, that's just when I started collecting stats. So it's like, okay, I know Michael Jordan is the best player, and these are his stats. This is what Timmy plays on. This is, uh, I know everything about him. He went to North Carolina where he played high school ball, you know, and, and how he didn't make the team as freshman. I'm starting to get all, all this information about him that I'm starting to know. And same with Jesus. You know, I started getting all this information about Jesus, and, and I started to know a lot about him. And then I just, I struck a point where um, I can't tell you exactly when it was. And it, and it was enough for me to just know about him. And then it, it was time for me to get to know him. And, and see that, and that's the difference between Jesus and Michael Jordan. Is that I don't, right. personally, I don't personally know Michael Jordan, but I really feel like in my walk, the way God planned it out, it went from knowing that Jesus is the greatest God of all, the only God of all, to, okay, I'm starting to know a lot about Jesus. I'm keeping up with his stats. And to now, uh, you know, it's just more and more of just, I'm really getting to know him, like a personal relationship. Mm -hmm. The relationship part is key. And after you started having that relationship and it wasn't just knowledge of the Bible, how did your life begin to change? It was um, it was crazy because I, I I went through a lot of uh, frustrations as I started like questioning and really seeking God out. That's when I was like, I think it was my last year or two while I was in Warner Robins, and then you know I married Genesis and I was like, okay, this is what I said I was going to do. I was going to be a good husband. And so I was helping her out, you know, I was helping her adapt because she came from Mexico and, and she left her family or job or everything. And, um, and I think I was going through those questions in my heart and in my mind. And, uh, and, and it made me grew, I think, just frustrated and bitter. And it hardened my heart because of everything that I had gone through in my past, whether a lot of, whether a lot, a lot of the negative stuff. And, and, um, and it grew me distant from the church. And while I was searching out for God, I grew distant from the church. And then um, as I joined the Coast Guard, um, we just had a lot, we had less time for, uh, for church. And then I, I just, but while what, what I was loving Genesis, it was constantly in my mind, like, okay, in order for me to be a good husband for her, it has to be less of me and more about her, more about us. And I think little bits of like, like little bits like that is what um, just made me think of like my relationship with God. Like I, I never stopped loving him, but I just grew distant from the church. And then I had my boy and that was just life changing for me because I was able to kind of see the way God loves me. Even though I'm an imperfect father, 
I could almost just taste the imperfection father love and what it must be like to have the perfect father love, fatherly love. And and it was just as I started to like just do that, you know, I, I thought the best way I can love my family is by loving God first. And 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 um and that's what changed my heart into just like all right, forgiving people that have hurt me, situations, the past, and just like and just being able to like, okay, it's time to connect to the church so that my, my, my boy can grow up around like, you know, what's right for him, you know? Yeah, I can definitely um relate to that, you know, having two sons and it's like, you know, I can't imagine, you know, God sending his son down for us to die for us, you know, like for me as a dad, I'm like, you know, like, no, don't do that. <laughs> you know, I want you with me, you know, and uh. <laughs> Like, you know, being honest, the human version of us. And that's why I think it carries so much weight, like how he sent his own son down to die for us. So that way we can have eternal life. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I don't even think I'm really answering your question, Cheryl, about how that changed me with 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 my, by just having that personal relationship. Because to I want to say it was like, oh, man, it, it was great. It was easy. I felt so much better. I felt this peace. And it was like, no, it took me. It took me out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I had to go. I had to go through storms and and just seeking him out where it would just hurt and I would cry or or just it went through pain, and that was like the, the biggest word I can take out of that was coming out of my comfort zone, and I had to go through the, like this pain in my heart to just understand that there was there's nothing in this world that's gonna fill me like like Christ is, and and. And that's where it started to change me. And I can't say it's like, oh, now I'm just like this holy person. I'm not. The thing is that I accept that I'm imperfect. And then I'm thankful that I'm forgiven. Yes. And, and his love is so perfect that it just makes me strive more and more for him. I think a lot of people have a twisted version of just becoming a Christian or becoming a Jesus follower. Um, they think everything's going to be rainbows afterwards. But really, you know, the storm's you know, can get worse. And the good thing about it, though, is that we might have to go through struggles, but he's always going to be with us and he's going to get us through it. And just learning how to depend on him in those struggles and in those moments of fear or just those moments of, you know, pain that we go through, we know that God is with us. You know, we have to put in the time and the effort to really have that relationship and to depend on him and trust in him through all things. I know right now during COVID and a lot of churches that might not be physically open, but they're online and just what are some ways that you feel like you and your family are, you know, dealing with the pandemic right now? And I know you're out there in California. How is that going for you guys? You know, I had a friend that was really involved in, in just in church and he, and he really seeks God out. That was here in California. This is before I moved to Georgia. His name's Danny. And, uh, and I just, you know, I remember him like being like a really good, positive influence. And even though I have a lot of people here that I know and connect with, I, I just, I don't know, it was in my heart to just to reach out to him. And the guy doesn't have social media, nothing, you know, and I just, I just Googled his name because he, he played Division One basketball. So there was some link in there that took me into another link. And, and uh, yeah, man, him and I got to talking and he was, we we caught up probably for like five minutes and then the rest of our conversation was just you know about about god and, and our relationship and church and he told me man you know our church hasn't opened up completely but man you know 
you, you can just come to church with me. And his church happens to be in Irvine, which is like 20 minutes from us right now. And, uh, and yeah, they've slowly been opening up. And, um, and, and it's tough because like now, where I, where I was for like, you know, a couple of years where, I, where we haven't been able to connect with the, with the church like I did in Warner Robins. Um, right. and, and now we, like, I'm like all about it. Like I want to connect and this and that, but you know what, with, with COVID, with, with uh, you know, and we go, help, we do Zoom in more now than just going to life because the childcare is not open. Mm-hmm. And man, when you have a three-year-old just running around all over the place, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's 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 tough, you know. But I, I I think what captures me a lot is that even though sometimes we'll go to church with them, or sometimes we'll just zoom from home, you know, everybody's been so welcoming at that church, and it's been amazing. And I just feel like God just walks me in through these steps little by little, and I just have to come to realization. It's like you know what, church isn't meant to be perfect. That mm-hmm. whole holy experience that you get once in a while or this, that, like, you know what? It's just like, God, I'm going to love you regardless. Like, no pandemic is going to keep me from loving you or worshiping you, you know? And if these are the other members of your body, like, I want your body to function, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just going to accept that it's, it's not going to be perfect. And sometimes it'll be through Zoom. And sometimes I'm not going to get this really cool feeling. But you know what? It's not about me. It's about you. And I'm just going to make it work, God. Yeah, that's good, man. Glad yeah. you don't find another church home out there. Keep it rocking and rolling. Yeah. Uh, most definitely. Another tough part I have to throw in there is, um, so, you know, Genesis is learning English, and, sh- and she's been learning and, and everything pretty good. Um, but uh, and at first it was really tough because we would bounce from, like, a Spanish church to English mm-hmm. church, and, like, you know, we're both, we both speak Spanish, um, but my I feel like even though I'm, I'm fluent in Spanish, my primary language is, I mean, I got saved going to church in English, you know, and just, and so it's tough, you know, because while I'm like understanding everything, uh, Genesis is still um, learning English. Catching uh, on, yeah. Yeah. So it's not always easy for her to understand. I love yeah. Genesis though, because I still remember eating with her at my father's place. And, oh, yeah. You know, she was. She couldn't speak fluently, but she could understand. But I felt like I was having this deep conversation yeah. with her, even though she couldn't speak English. You yeah. can just tell she's got a pure spirit and a pure heart. And you've got a good one, Jesse. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, just sometimes when I think like just about God's love and I just think of the way he brought Genesis to to my life, I'm just like, man, thank you, Jesus, because uh, she, she's she's she is good you know and yeah the the english sometimes you know is a barrier because she's sociable like she wants to talk and interact and stuff and and i know she's still learning but man no matter what we've been through whether it's been the coast guard from georgia from here every every move we moved from georgia to san francisco to seattle to now here in long beach and it's uh man she's only complained two times two times Mm -hmm. that she complained even even if she sat six months pregnant in an empty apartment because her household goods would have show up to San Francisco, uh, she, we had a sofa bed, uh, an iPad, an internet service, and I had to go off to a boat, and I'd be gone for days and nights and would have come back, and she'd be home all alone, six months pregnant. Mm-hmm. And even then, she didn't. She never complained. She's complained twice. And one was because she, she was overwhelmed and went out for a walk and just felt better after that. It was just a stressful day. And then two was because there was a time where I was just working so much that uh, she said I wasn't praying enough with her. 
And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I, I got you. And, and, and that's the only two times I can ever think of her complaining. That's awesome, man. That is God awesome. was looking out for you and he made sure he had this whole marriage lined up and, and y'all have an awesome son. And, you know, it's just, it's just amazing how God works. And man. just to think back to you being in that car outside that club, hoping for the family that you have, it really is so special to hear that, you know, you're blessed with that right now. And I'm so, it's so good to hear. Yeah, man, definitely. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. I need to give you like an award or something. Like, <laughs> like the, nah, the trust man. in me award goes to Jesse Ramirez all the way from LA. <laughs> I would, I'll pass that award off to Genesis. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's like Bam, a baby. thing, man. Hey, hey, you know hey I mean? you're doing good, man. Hey, hey, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. So after feeling disconnected, um, what about the church in LA that kind of got you connected again? Um, that kind of brought you back in? Uh, so, so like I said, you know, in the part when I said where Genesis sent, spent six months pregnant in an empty apartment, like it was tough, you know, there was, we, we couldn't go to church every, every weekend. Cause there was times where I was just, you know, out at work. I was, I was on the boat. I was at the station, um, whatever. And then, and I think what really hurt was that, you know, and it's, it's nothing anybody did intentionally or nothing like that. I think we just like there was there was like it was just us like it was literally just felt like it was just genesis and i through every move once we left warner robbins like there was no we didn't have family uh church members like nobody just ever calling to to check up on us you know and um and it was tough just like leaving my wife just by herself like that while i was learning this whole different world and so that made me just say you know what like i've got this I've got this. I have to, I can't depend on anybody other than me. So I took, it's almost as if I took my family as a backpack and I was like, I'll make sure that they're okay. And I, and I did the best I could. And then we went to Seattle and it was like, okay, we, you know, like I can't do this. Cause every time I would say, I've got this, I'll, I've got this. Genesis would catch me and say, it's like, no, nah, God's got this. God's mm-hmm. the one that's done this. And and it would just and my pride would just say, okay, you're right, but I got this, you know. And and so I think it was in Seattle when I started to seek out a church, and and but but I was dealing a lot with my pride and stuff. And during that whole transition, was when I was able to just say, okay, you know what, God, you're right, you've got this, and and we need to connect. Like the body doesn't work with the mentality that I have right now. Um, and, and so, so when we came here, I was genuinely seeking for that. And then COVID struck. And, um, and ever since I had that conversation with my, with my friend Danny and he invited us to church, I think it was, it was a matter of me changing my mentality of like, look, I'm not going to go in there and be like, mm, the seats weren't very comfortable. I didn't like the music. I didn't like the way the pastor spoke. I didn't like, I'm going in here to make your body work. Like, mm-hmm. it's all about you, God. So that was the first thing, is that I switched that mentality. And what just kind of helped me kind of get the wheels rolling was just everybody's been so welcoming at the church. Like, I had to have an understanding that the church, no church is going to be perfect because we're imperfect people. And 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 then just but the people were just, you know, like, 
they were telling me, I was telling, you know, they had all these Bible studies and this and that. And I was like, guys, look, like I have a three-year-old. My wife is six months pregnant right now. Like I, I can't just be a part of everything. And they were like, hold up, Jesse. We don't want you to get caught up in the, like, you know, you know, you have to, in order to be a church member, you have to do this, this and that. So that way that your exterior image looks so good to everybody. And it was like, it's right. all about you on the inside. And we want to grow together. We want to do life together. And uh, it just hit me so hard. And I was like, because it's all, it's, it's always just so much about, you know, um, what ministry can we start out? How can we reach more people? How can we do this more people? And I'm just like, and, but what about the people that are already inside? You know, how are we helping them grow? And that's what this church really has done. They've like really just genuinely cared about us. They've opened their arms to us. They've opened their homes to us. They, you know, they, they just, it's just genuine love. And, and, it, mm -hmm. and so along with my mindset and, and their love is just kind of helping us just remember, okay, it's like, we're doing this together. It's not about us. It's all about God. And just that that's God right. gets all the glory in all this. And that's one of the um, pastors that we have linked in the description below for people to check out is Rick Warren, Pastor Rick Warren. And that's one of his sayings that he says a lot is it's not about us. It's all about God. And that's true. A lot of times churches can get focused on the numbers or any type of ministry, get focused on the numbers and miss out on the fact that these are people and these people need love and these people need help and they need a community. And so I'm really glad that you're getting connected with that church. That's awesome. One of the last questions that we have for you, Jesse, is if you could tell yourself one thing, um, tell your younger self one thing, what would it be? Just a word of encouragement for our listeners. I'm just, I'm just, even if it sounds cheesy, I'm just going to talk to myself now as if my younger self really is listening. I'd say something like, I know you're hurting and the hurting's not going to stop. Just embrace the pain like Christ did for us. But just know that, that you are really, really loved. Like beyond any love that you can imagine. And one day all this pain will go away, but just keep coming closer to Jesus. And that, I mean, that's. It's beautiful to hear you say that. And I know you don't, you said you didn't want to sound cheesy, but I think a lot of us, we forget where we came from and who that person is inside of us. And a lot of times people out there need to hear our stories and what we've gone through so they can stay encouraged. And I think your story is really gonna resonate with a lot of people. And we really appreciate you for coming on the catch and talking with us and. Yeah, man, no, thanks. Yeah. And if you wanna know more about Jesus, we'll have links in the description below. Um, so that way, if you wanna be a follower of Jesus also, or you don't know what steps to take, we have the resources below to just help you make those next steps. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Peace.